Friends, grace, peace, and mercy to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the bread from heaven. I hope you don't mind if I stand up front. I tend to move around a lot, so be warned, this is the splash zone, the first two rows. Just a few minutes ago, we sang this verse, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. We also read those same words in the book of John. Simon Peter said them. Right after Jesus asked them a few questions, he turned to his disciples and he said, Do I offend you? Are you repulsed by me? Are you going to turn and go the other direction? To which Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to know you as the Holy One of God. What Simon Peter was saying is that, Jesus, we're with you. Jesus, we believe you. We're hanging in there. You're the Redeemer. If Simon Peter were a young man today, he'd probably say it something like this. Jesus, man, we're with you, dude. I try to be hip. I have a nine-year-old, okay? (laughs) Our readings today are the third in the book of John. For the last three weeks, Jesus has said these same words, basically. I am the bread that has come down from heaven. I am the bread. What he's doing is he's referring this message of I am the truth, follow me and you shall have eternal life, to a meal, to consuming a meal, to consuming all of the meal. It's a food analogy. We love food analogies. We use them all the time in our society today, right? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He's using symbols and metaphor to represent a very complex theological teaching. If he was in New Mexico, he probably would say something like, you got to eat the whole enchilada. You can't just pick off the cheese and flick out the onions. You got to eat the whole thing. Because you can't just take a little bit of Jesus. You can't say, I'll take that Jesus, but not that Jesus. He's saying, believe in me what I have to say, and I will offer to you eternal life. Another food analogy, you might say something like, man, did you hear what the pastor had to say today? Oh yeah, I ate it up. Did you hear that new song that Beth played? Oh yeah, I drank it down. Man, worship today filled me up. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Instead, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So there he was. Lakeside, the Sea of Galilee, surrounded by his disciples and followers and religious leaders. Bible doesn't say how many people it was. I get the feeling there was quite a crowd there listening to him that day. And he makes it very clear to them that I am not the bread distribution center for the city of Galilee. That's not what I'm here for. Although he did just feed 5,000 people. His purpose on earth is to fill a hunger that's not in the stomach. 
It's a hunger of spirit. Jesus Christ fills our hearts and our spirits with the knowledge that we are saved through Him. Through Him, there is everlasting life. And that fills us up as if we stuffed ourselves at Sadie's at about 12.30. Food analogies, or analogies in general, are very powerful. They're easy to remember. There's something that stick with you a long time. We're still talking about the bread of life today. They're easy to use in teaching scenarios. And Jesus was the master of using metaphors. Has anybody baked bread or been around? Oh, a couple hands go up. Anybody bake bread? Diane's baked bread. A few people, yes. One of my favorite memories as a child is of my grandmother. My good Lutheran-German grandmother, I might add. She and my grandfather ran this huge ranch. And she had a huge garden. It was about an acre. She plowed it with a tractor. It was so big. And she grew vegetables and fruits and herbs and roses and all sorts of things that she gave most of most of it away to her kids and grandkids. And she cooked almost everything from scratch, including breads and pastries. By the way, those are not my grandmother's hands. Those are some random internet grandmother hands. (laughs) You get the picture. One of my favorite memories is that, that smell of the yeast bubbling, frothing. The coarse texture of the bread, the pull on the crust. This was no wimpy white bread from Albertsons. This was heavy-duty artisan bread cooked by a German Lutheran grandmother. And when it came out of the oven and you slathered butter on it, it was good. Take a big breath right now. You smell it? I wonder if Jesus called himself a loaf of bread to be able to have us connect to those warm, grandmotherly, kind feelings. The Jews knew what bread was all about. They had to plant the wheat and harvest the wheat and grind the wheat and bake the bread. They knew what it meant to be hungry. They knew what it meant to be filled When he used this example, they connected to it perhaps immediately. Jesus could have said, I am a mighty redwood tree standing with my crown in heaven. Climb my branches. He didn't say that. He could have said, I'm a bolt of lightning from heaven separating the good from the evil. Stand on my right side so you get into heaven. He didn't say that. He said, I'm a loaf of bread. Smell me. Eat me. Consume me. Make me a part of you. And I will abide in you. And you will abide in me. What a fantastic blessing he was given to these people that he gives to us. Jesus Push this analogy just a little bit farther. 
Not only am I the bread of life, he says, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Ew, some said. For Moses had told them long ago not to eat bloody meat or drink or eat blood. And with that, some turned away. You have to take all of Jesus, not part of Jesus. The whole enchilada. I should have named my sermon that. The whole enchilada. Next time. Come back in three years. <laughs> the very beginning of Paul, I'm sorry, the very beginning of John are these beautiful words. It's one of my favorite few verses in the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him not was anything made that was made. In Him was life and the light of men. Jesus was with God from the beginning. Jesus spoke and creation happened. Jesus' words are powerful. Someone asked me once, Pastor, how do I know that I am saved? And I said, because Jesus says you are saved. And his words are true. This time on earth, Jesus used his words to heal a crippled arm, to raise a little girl from the dead, to rebuke, to forecast, to bless, to come to invite the little children to come to him. But I think the most powerful words he said on earth, he said the night of the Passover. That night he sat at that table with his disciples. And again, he took a loaf of bread. And this time he said it a little differently. This is my body. This is my blood. Take, eat, drink out of remembrance of me for the forgiveness of your sins. We still celebrate that meal today. Holy Communion, the Holy Eucharist where Christ comes to us in His very body and blood, strengthening our hearts and faith, tightening that bond, and assuring us that we are forgiven. And in that moment, He severed the old covenant and established anew. Because He said, that old covenant, the covenant of the Ten Commandments, that covenant of Moses on Mount Sinai, is no longer valid Salvation is not about what you do or what you attempt to do. It's about what I do for you. Believe in me and you shall have eternal life. Moses gave manna, God gave Moses manna, to feed the Israelites for 40 years. Jesus said that spoiled those men who ate it died, but the bread I give you will allow you to live forever. So you might be asking yourself now, where is this guy going with this message? He's talked about his grandmother, bread, wine, 
Pine trees. I miss Pastor Neil. <laughs> Let me summarize. I mentioned that we have been studying the gospel for the last three weeks, the gospel of John. A couple of weeks ago, we heard about Jesus taking his disciples across the lake. They were going to go on a little bit of a respite when they got there. People found out where they were and they crowded there by the thousands. And he fed 5,000 people with what? Five loaves and two fishes. So much so they had 12 baskets left over. He sent his disciples back across the lake. They ran into some trouble in the middle of the lake. The wind was howling. Jesus walked to them on the water and said, Why are you afraid? I'm here with you. And he calmed the winds. And then they landed on this shore, this side of the shore, which is where our story starts today. Where he says to the people there who had gathered, for you guessed it, more bread, please. We want to make you king so you can give us bread every day. We don't have to work for it. And it tastes like grandmother made. No, that was my. Jesus was on to them. And that's perhaps why he used this analogy, is to separate those who were there for bread and those who were there because they are true believers. And that's when he turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave me too? Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life. One of the joys of being a pastor is that you get to be right here on this side of the rail on First Communion Day, Confirmation Day. And you get to see the faces of all the young ones and the ribbing and the giggling and the tears of the parents and the audience. And you place that wafer in their hand for the first time and they put it in their mouth and you give them the cup for the first time and they drink it and they wince a little and they taste the taste of God for the first time. And it's a sobering experience. They realize that they have touched the divine. That their sins are indeed forgiven. Friends, use the analogies that you heard today. Bread. Kindly grandmothers. First communion. The body and blood of Christ daily bread to build your faith and strengthen your knowledge so that you can in turn teach it to your kids and your grandkids and so that it is a reflection for you throughout your life. Come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Our bread from heaven. Amen. We pray. Good and gracious God, you are indeed our daily bread. All that we have comes from you. Our land, our water, our food. Lord, may we be good stewards of the environment. May we be good stewards of the treasures you have given us. And may we use these gifts for your glory. May we feed those who have need with body and with your spirit. In Christ we pray. Amen.